Welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and today our Bible teacher, Rabbi Schneider, explains why believers are called out of the darkness and into the marvelous light. So there's lots of Bible verses that talk about believers being chosen by God. But are we actually called or are we chosen? Does it even matter? Is there really a difference between the two terms? Well, these are just a few of the questions that we're going to explore together today as Rabbi continues his series on how Jesus completes biblical Judaism. If you want to take some notes and follow along, you'll find our teaching guides online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Now let's get started. Here is Rabbi Schneider. I want to, first of all, before I get into the content today, just speak for a moment about the title of the series. Once again, How Jesus Completes Biblical Judaism. Just a couple nuances that I think would be good for you to be aware of. Number one, the Judaism that is practiced today amongst the Jewish people, obviously, that are practicing Judaism on the planet, is known as Rabbinic Judaism. When the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, Judaism could no longer be practiced in a large measure the way the Torah prescribed it. And the reason is, is that when the temple was destroyed, no longer could sacrifices be offered. And so much of biblical Judaism had to do with sacrifices that were being offered in the temple. And the sacrifices were largely being offered because through the offering of sacrifice, blood was being shed. You see, the Lord said in the Torah, in the book of Leviticus, chapter 17, verse 11, that the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I've given it to you on the altar, saith the Lord, to make an atonement for your soul, for it's the blood by reason of its life that makes atonement. And so continually we had a temple that was standing in Jerusalem. There was a priesthood that offered up sacrifices in the temple. And when innocent animals were being put to death, and the blood was being shed as a symbol of the fact that the life had been given, that was the means by which mankind could stay in relationship with a holy God. In other words, the blood sacrifices through the the animals being put to death, the blood represented atonement. The life of the flesh is in the blood, and I've given it to you on the altar to make an atonement for your soul. Even as far back as the Passover, When the Jewish people were delivered out of Egypt, what were they required to do? To take the blood of a lamb, put it over their doorpost of their home, go inside the home, and when the angel of death, the angel of judgment, moved through the land, everyone that was in a home that was covered by the blood was spared. And so, to practice what I'm calling biblical Judaism, sacrifices would need to be offered, a primary temple in Jerusalem would need to be standing. There would need to be a priesthood in place that was offering these sacrifices. None of those three pillars exist in the Jewish world today. There is no temple, there are no sacrifices, and there is no priesthood. And so the Judaism of the scriptures, in large measure, beloved ones, can no longer be practiced. There was a council that took place of Jewish leaders in approximately the year 90 A.D., which is oftentimes referred to as the Council of Yavne. The Jewish leaders got together and what they addressed was this. Because we no longer have a temple and can no longer offer up sacrifices, what can we do to hold our people together? 
And as a result of that conference, what was launched is what is known today as rabbinic Judaism. That now liturgy and other types of uh, uh, religious ceremonial things have replaced the temple, the priesthood, and the sacrifices. So when I'm calling this series, How Jesus Completes Biblical Judaism, I'm not talking about Jesus' relation to rabbinical Judaism, which is a modern invention that Jewish leaders invented once again because they could no longer practice many of the things that the Torah prescribed. So what I'm doing is not talking about Jesus' relationship to rabbinic Judaism, because that to me is not largely relevant. What I'm trying to do is show you how Jesus completes biblical Judaism. I'm going back, beloved, to the Torah and the written word of God, showing how Yeshua HaMashiach, the prophesied Jewish Messiah, completes the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible. So with that said, I'm moving forward today. We have been talking, as we're breaching now into new subject, we are talking about the plan of salvation. Was the plan of salvation different in the Hebrew Bible, in the Old Testament, than it is in the New Testament? Were Jewish people saved in a different way back then during Old Testament times? Were Jewish people saved back then in a different way than people are saved today? That's the question we're addressing. And I began answering that question by going back to the life of Abraham. Abraham is called the father of all believers, right? He's also the father of Judaism. When we speak of the Jewish patriarchs, we speak of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It all starts with Abraham. The New Testament refers to Abraham, once again, as the father of all those that believe. The New Testament also says that the blessing of Abraham has come upon everybody that's a believer in Yeshua today. God said to Abraham, Abram, through your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Listen to that again. God said to Abram, Abraham, through your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Through Abraham's seed, the whole world would be blessed. The New Testament identifies that seed as Yeshua himself. Through Yeshua, who's the seed of Abraham, all the world can be saved. All the world can be blessed. And so, with that concept in mind, with Abraham as our starting point, looking at the plan of salvation, asking ourselves, were people saved in the Old Testament, the Tanakh, in a different way than they are in the New Testament? Abram was saved through faith. Abraham left where he was, living with his parents who were idol worshipers. He left them to follow God into the promised land. Now listen to this. How was it that Abraham or Abram gained the faith to leave where he was? We read about it in Genesis chapter number 12. God told him, listen, pick up, leave where you're at and follow me and I'm gonna greatly bless you. I'm gonna make your name great. We find the same phenomenon in the book of Bereshit, Genesis 17. God appears to Abram once again, affirms the covenant with him. How did Abraham get the faith to follow God and enter into the promised blessing? Abraham was able to do that because he received faith. In other words, if Abraham didn't have faith, he would not have left where he was to follow the Lord into a place he didn't even know where he was going. If Abraham didn't have faith, he wouldn't have been able to follow the Lord through the unknown. Abraham was able to do it because he had faith. But the question is, where did his faith come from? Did Abram's faith originate from his own vessel? 
Did Abram's faith come because he meditated hard enough? Did Abram's revelation of the Creator come to him because Abram was so focused on God? No. He was an idol worshiper. Abram's faith, listen, church, came to him as a gift from the Creator, just as it is with you. Faith is the gift of God. In Genesis 17, for example, we read, Now when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Same thing we read earlier in the book of Bereshit. In Genesis chapter number 12, verse 1, Now the Lord said to Abram, Abram heard God's voice, and Abram had an experience where the Lord literally appeared to him in his glory. So of course, when you hear the voice of God audibly and clearly in your spirit, and when God appears to you in glory, you're going to have faith. God is so big that when he shows up, beloved, all darkness disappears. All doubt flees in his presence. All darkness disappears totally when the light of God appears. And that's what happened to Abraham. Just like in a room, the room could be in total darkness, but when you switch the light bulb on, all the darkness disappears. Abraham was able to follow God and become the father of all believers because he had faith and his faith, beloved, was the gift of God. Now think about this. Not everybody had faith, but Abraham received faith because God sovereignly chose to give it to him. The Bible teaches the same thing about you and I today. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus with Rabbi Schneider. We want you to know there are so many ways that you can watch and listen to Rabbi's programs. Online, you'll find us at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You can find resources like our television broadcast schedule, Rabbi's messages on your podcasting platform, YouTube content, devotionals, and much more. You can even follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Check out all these resources online today. When you give to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, it allows us to spend more time focusing on what really matters. And for us, that means getting God's word out to as many people as possible. And right now, at this very moment, there is someone who needs to hear Rabbi's practical biblical teaching. And your financial gift is what makes that possible. To donate, go online to discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Now to conclude today's message, here's Rabbi Schneider. I'm going to the book of Ephesians with you today to show how the Old and New Testaments, the Hebrew Bible and the Brit Hadashah, the New Testament, fit together as a hand and a glove and that the plan of salvation is the same in both. It begins with faith and faith is the gift of God. I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 2 beginning in verse number 1. Hear the word of God. And you were dead... Now, Paul is speaking to believers here. He's speaking to you and I that believe. Paul says this, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, listen, we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging in the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. In other words, Paul's saying, we're not different than anybody else. Before Jesus came to us, before God revealed him to us, we were dead in our transgressions and sins. 
We were spiritually dead. We were living in darkness. There was nothing about us that separated us from anybody else in terms of our makeup. Paul said, we were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. It wasn't that there was something different in us. But listen, the difference was in God. Verse 4, but God, say it with me, but God. The difference wasn't in you and I. We were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. What was the difference? Verse 4, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions and sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And then Paul goes on to say that this grace that we've received in verse number eight, for by grace you've been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. I want you to think about this with me, church. We really have to get the American mindset out of our head. You see, we think that in order for God to be just, he has to treat everybody the same way. But God has never treated everybody the same way. He has compassion on who he wants to have compassion on, and he hardens whom he hardens. God sovereignly chose you and I out of this world, beloved ones, and saved us by grace through faith, even as, beloved, he sovereignly chose Israel out of all the peoples that are on the face of the earth and revealed himself to them, beginning with Abraham. Abram, again, he didn't know God. He had no faith. He was spiritually dead. But God spoke to him. God appeared to him. This caused faith to birth in Abram. As a result, Abram followed God and even offered up his own son. But listen, his faith was the gift of the Creator. God appeared to him. God spoke to him. Faith was given to him. As a result of the faith that was given to him, he was able to follow the Lord and obey. The same is true today. Those of us that believe, believe because we have faith. Did everybody in the world believe at the time of Abram? No, because they didn't all receive the same revelation that Abram received. Beloved ones, we too were just like everybody else, even as Israel was not different in and of themselves. There was nothing spectacular about them. There was nothing special about them that resided within them being different. God said, you were the fewest of the people. I remember God again said they were a stubborn people, an obstinate people. Jesus said, which one of the prophets did your fathers not stone? Moses, before he died, again said, you're a stubborn people. You're going to forsake the Lord. So God did not choose them or set his love upon Israel because there was something better in them. But God simply did it, beloved, out of the prerogative of his own heart, even as a mother loves the child that comes out of her womb not because there's something different in the child, but simply because the mother's affection chooses to love her baby. Here's what I'm saying, beloved ones, that those of us that have come to Jesus have come to Jesus for the same reason that Abraham followed God and for the same reason that Israel was chosen. We have come to Jesus because God chose us to do so. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 16, you did not choose me, 
but I chose you. I want to go back again because we were in the book of Ephesians and I was showing you in the book of Ephesians how we were by nature children of wrath before we knew the Lord, even as the rest. We were living after the lust of our flesh and of the mind. We were dead in our transgressions and sins. We didn't know God. We were alien to the things of God. But the scripture says what made a difference, remember we read in verse number four of Ephesians 2, was God. You were dead in your transgressions and sins, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, made us alive. So the difference was not us. It wasn't that we chose God. The difference was God. Why did this happen? Listen as I read now from the book of Ephesians, chapter number one, beginning at verse number three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself. Did you notice the word chose there? Listen again to verse number four. God blesses with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, verse four, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. What did God say to Israel? I chose you to be a people for myself out of all the peoples on the face of the earth. Get it through your head. Church, let's get it through our heads. Father chose us in Jesus, and that's why we believe. That's why Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. That's why Jesus said, no one comes to me unless the Father draws them. Beloved ones, when you know that you're chosen, when you know that you believe because God gave you the gift of faith, even as Abraham believed because God supernaturally gave him the gift of faith, when you know you were chosen before the foundation of the world, that you were foreknown and foreloved, and God's decision to choose you was not based on anything that he saw in you, it wasn't because you chose him, it was because he chose you. When you know that, you're gonna know who you are. It will be easy for you to live in this world for Jesus because you're gonna know that's what you're destined for. That's what you were born for. God said, I chose you before the foundation of the world. When you know you're chosen, your faith won't be rocked. You won't become dismantled when you're surrounded by unbelievers, when you're surrounded with people that have all these atheistic arguments. You'll not be dissuaded by any of those things. You'll have joy in you because you'll know, beloved ones, that you believe because you're chosen, and because you're chosen, you're anchored in eternity. Beloved, when you know this, it's gonna strengthen you. Don't reject it, receive it. I love you, Jesus loves you, Father loves you. Listen, he's got a special gift that's coming to you. God is gonna anchor you in the rock of eternity. How amazing to know that God chose you. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and Rabbi's message today was titled, Did God Choose You? Well, now we know He did. And we'll continue this study tomorrow, so please be sure to join us again then. Today's message, it was especially engaging because Rabbi reminded us that just like Abraham, God chose us from before the foundations of the whole world. And it's through that great mercy and love that we're made alive through His Son, Jesus. And so if you'd like to learn more about God's plan for you, for Israel, and even the world, let me encourage you to 
take some time this holiday week to go online to our website at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And hey, while you're there, make sure to discover all the ways that you can support this ministry. The time is short and Jesus' return is soon, so we need to be a bright light now more than ever. Let's hear from Rabbi now once again. Well, you can see, beloved, we've come to the end of the year. First of all, I want to thank all of you, my faithful partners and friends, for supporting this ministry and allowing us to do the things that we do, reaching people all over the globe for the kingdom of God. You know, I was walking in Jerusalem and an Orthodox Jewish person came up to me and he said, I like what you're doing. He had resonated with some of the content that I put out there regarding the Taking the Rainbow Back campaign. Beloved, I couldn't do these things. I couldn't preach the gospel all over the globe without you. I need your help. And it's a biblical principle that if we're receiving from a ministry, and I know you've heard me say this before, but if we're receiving from a ministry, we should support that ministry financially. Not only will it be a blessing to you, but you'll be used of God to bring the gospel to people all over the world. So as we come to the end of the year, please do your best, beloved, to honor the Lord through your finances through this ministry. You can give a special year-end donation today in one of the following ways. First, you can call us at 800-777-7835. That's 800-777-7835. Or give your donation right from the home screen of the Rabbi Schneider mobile app. Just click the donate button in the middle of the screen, and you can also send your gift of any amount in the mail when you write to us at Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. And then if you'd like to multiply your impact of your gift this coming year, please become a monthly partner. All you have to do is sign up. Just click the donate button on our homepage and discoveringthejewishjesus.com and select become a monthly partner. As a token of our appreciation for your generous financial gifts, we'll send you Rabbi Schneider's message of the month and it's available as a digital download. We'll also send you our engaging and our insightful newsletter from Rabbi that's prepared each month, especially for listeners like you. And then don't forget, Rabbi has a daily devotional that we would love to send to you each morning. We all face challenges and obstacles, and it's vital that we learn how to overcome the enemy and the world in order to live in victory. You can sign up to receive your anointed word starting tomorrow. Just go to rabbidevotion.com. And right now, let's wrap up today's message from Rabbi Schneider with a special blessing. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord gave instructions to Moses and Aaron to speak this blessing over his people. And the Lord said, When you speak these words over my people, I will place my name on them and bless them. Receive the impartations of the Lord's blessings. Yavah Yahweh Yair Yahweh Penavelecha Vihunecha Isa Yahweh Penavelecha Veasim Lecha Shalom
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance. And the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Let our prayer team pray for you. We lift up every individual request before the Lord. Submit your prayer request or testimony at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. That's discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You can also connect with us on your social media outlets to stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries, and I'm your host, Dustin Roberts. Be sure to join us tomorrow when Rabbi Schneider explains predestination and the Bible. That's coming up Thursday, right here on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.